Welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gross, Ironman champion, PhD in women's history, and founder and CEO of Feisty Media. I started this show because I wanted to cut through the BS of diet culture and fitness culture and actually learn from high achieving women at the top of their game who have figured out how to feel and perform their best at every stage of life. So I chat with experts, elite athletes, and leaders who have learned to succeed despite the massive gender data gap in exercise and medical science and product development. Every episode is filled with information, advice, and anecdotes that will help you fulfill your potential as an athlete, mom, leader, or business owner. And listen up. If you don't subscribe to our women's performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to womensperformance.com and subscribe now. That's womensperformance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Today, Feisty Friends, I am talking to two women who are changing the face of women's cycling. As many of you know, the second annual Tour de France Femme avec Zwift took place last week. It is an eight-day stage race that has rapidly become the biggest stage race in women's cycling history. And the history of women's racing in various forms of a Tour de France or a Tour de France equivalent has been pretty tumultuous, to say the least. Over the years, these races struggled with financial difficulties, limited media coverage, blatant sexism, and trademark issues with the organizers of the Tour de France. It has been, I cannot understate how hard it has been for women to get a race equivalent to the Tour de France. So there was a one-off event in 1955, and then an equivalent race to the Tour de France for women was held under a variety of different names between 1984 and 2009. So the race was called Tour de France Féminine, Tour of the EEC Women, Tour Cycliste Féminine, and Grand Boucle Féminine Internationale. You can see how it's pretty hard to build a brand and an audience when your name keeps changing and the organizers of the equivalent men's race want nothing to do with you. <laughs> then about 10 years ago, my dear friend Catherine Bertin and a group of professional athletes put out a petition on change.org and 100,000 people very quickly signed and that got the attention of the race organizers and a one-day race, La Course, by the Tour de France was held between 2014 and 2021. So you hear that? It was just one day. <laughs> and then finally, in 2022, the Tour de France Femme staged its first edition with the support of Zwift as a title sponsor. So my first guest today is the woman who is often credited for making the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift happen, though she would never say that herself, Kate Verneau. She is the director of women's strategy at Zwift. When I talked to Kate last week, she was actually in France and shared all the behind the scenes details about the excitement on the ground. Kate and I talk about the business case for a company like Zwift to invest in something like the Tour de France Femme and how it helped them hit the wave of popularity that we are now seeing in women's sports.
Hey, hi, you are in France right now for the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift. Um, first of all, this is what I want to know. What is the vibe like over there? Oh my God, it's so next level. It is like, I, I was like everybody, I was like, can we top last year? You know, the inaugural Tour de France Femme avec Zwift. Like, what's it going to be like? Is like, you know, and it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Like the courses are lined with fans. The the starts and finishes are mobbed. There is just this like feeling in the air, like teams showing up with like new bikes and new kits just for the race. It's oh, electric. Cool. And so is it topping last year? Yeah, so far. I mean, honestly, just based on the course, we will not have audience figures for a little while, but based on the course, it has been off the hook. Yeah. I'm absolutely like, I'm pretty certain that we are going to, we're going to exceed last year's audience on course and, uh, on broadcast. Amazing. Have you, have you ever been to the men's race? <laughs> Any question, but fun <laughs> fact, uh-huh. fun fact, uh, previous to Zwift, my job was a marketing director of a bike tour company. That was the VIP oh. tour operator to the men's tour. Thompson bike tours. So I literally took people to see the men's store for like five years. Right. So, you know, like I just, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear because I've seen the men's tour. Right. So just try to imagine this in my mind or I've been, you know, at the end of a stage staying in a town where there's like an end stage and a beginning stage on the men's tour. But just wondering, like, are there any differences? Like, does the fanfare still come through? Do they throw free swag to people? Like, are there differences between you know, what's happening with the women's race and all the extra stuff. Um, And are there ways in which like the women's fans are different or better somehow? I love this question. That's a great question. So the first stage started in Clermont-Ferrand, which is a kind of iconic tour town. Um, And the men's tour had like their, uh, one of their stages, there, maybe like 11 or 12 or something. Um, So you could compare like the, the town itself um, knows, you know, what it looked like for when the men's tour came through and what it looked like for the women's tour. And I was lucky enough to be invited by the mayor to a reception the night after the women's start in uh, Claremont Frond. Mm-hmm. And they, they did a, such a great presentation and everything. And the, the whole chatter amongst um, everybody there, which was a local crowd, was that it was just as big as the men's tour coming through. Uh, and that's, you know, the, the fans that came out, the feeling on the streets, like it's Tour de France, you know, and that was fabulous to hear. Yeah, that is amazing. And have you personally seen like any moments in the in the bike racing itself? Like you've seen five stages? Right? Did I do yeah, that? So we just finished stage five today. Yeah. Have you seen any like moments, any crashes or any break rate ways, or is there anything that's standing out for you so far? Oh yeah. Well, we had a horrifying crash on stage two and luckily the rider is okay. She kind of mm-hmm. went under a guardrail, slippery conditions and some like light rain. Uh, but she is okay. She had a concussion, but she's okay. It was, it was a bit scary. She got like knocked out. Um, there has been some really brazen attacks. Um, yesterday, we had a 10-minute break that we're like, well, that's gone. And then slowly reeled in and some incredible moves. And then a breakthrough performance uh, with Yara Kastelin from a smaller team, Phoenix Sukunik, taking the win. Mm-hmm. Today, another crazy breakout performance from Ricardo Bauenfeld from Canyon Strand Racing. 22, 23 years old and just smashed it, surprised the field by getting away on a stage that probably should have been won by, by a sprinter. 
Um, it's been thrilling. There's been a lot of drama. There's a big fine today. I think there's like a 20 second penalty on, on Demi Volering, one of the race fa- like favorites. So this race has not been without all the the drama that the tour brings to town. Yeah, and I think you know, and I did it right. Like we where we want to compare it to the men's race because we want it to be as big or even bigger and exciting or whatever. But you know, if we look at, for example, tennis that's had years and years and years of equal prize money around the world at all their at all their tours, like sometimes the women's race ends up with its own feeling, its own, you know, its own vibe might not be the right word, yeah. but its own skill set, you know, and I've kind of heard that in year two, like we're seeing that, like, because the race is a bit shorter, you know, maybe the athletes aren't worried about being like, they're not worried about being tired of 20 days, right? No. Like that there's more exciting racing. Are there things that you notice that are like kind of rising up that are a little bit different about the women's racing? Absolutely. And it's what I really like about it because this is an opportunity to like bring new fans into the sport different um, style atta- like of, of attacks and like, very aggressive racing um, because it's only eight days, each day is super intense. So it's it really like can't miss a minute kind of racing. Um, in general, the fans that are on course too are, are here, like there's, there's a passion, you know, they're here just for the women. Um, there's like a feel in the air where it's like the men's tour is sort of like what you do because it's been going on for so long, but there's like sort of this dedicated effort of the fans to attend, you know, the Tour de France fun of X-Wift and, and to see, you know, the women's pro peloton. So that's really exciting. And there's just, I think these are some of the biggest advocates for, for, um, women's cycling are, are, are here at the race from industry, you know, from the industry as well. So there's a lot of passion and enthusiasm on the ground. Um, there's, it definitely has a different feel. And it's not like the men's tour. Honestly, the stages are a little bit shorter, punchier. Um, it's, you know, got, I think the cast of characters, honestly, is a little bit more exciting because we're not talking about two guys that duking it out for a whole right. race. Yeah. You know, it's like any day, almost anything can happen. And we're not quite sure what the GC contenders like. It kind of feels like the GC battle hasn't really started yet. So there's just been so much great action. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's a different beast and I kind of love it. And it, it has a lot of different characteristics and a lot of different characters. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, behind the scenes, I know we've told this story elsewhere, but, you know, just for this podcast audience, like, I would love to know the story of how Zwift became the title sponsor of, of the Tour de France Femme. And if like, did when this idea came to and I know that there's been women's races in the Tour de France that if you know there was one mm-hmm. in the 80s you know we had Catherine Bertin single day one eventually you know like there's been like various iterations right so when this tour started last year like was it if not for Zwift there would not be a tour like how did that happen or were they planning the tour and then you came along and said yes we'll be the title sponsor or like what was going on behind the scenes there yeah, the star is definitely aligned. So this is actually one of the only positive things to come out of COVID besides like more outdoor seating at restaurants. <laughs> um, yeah, so when COVID hit in 2020 and all the pros were also indoors and racing was paused, um, the leadership at ASO and leadership at Zwift got together and said like, let's let's host a virtual Tour de France like exhibition race on the platform. A lot of the pros were already using Zwift. 
it's awesome. We can do this. We're going to broadcast it because like the, the cycling media is hungry for content too. So like people are going to watch this, you know, especially if we get like the biggest names in cycling to race and we're like, this is great. Let's do it. But if it's on Zwift, it's by Zwift rules, which is always complete parity in racing, equal prize purse, equal broadcast, equal opportunity, equal distances, always across the board um, since our inception. And so they were like, cool. All right. Yeah. So we did a six day virtual tour de France and we even built a French world in France. This was like a monumental effort on our part, honestly. And it was really fun. It was broadcast in like 180 countries. Um, and because women had, the women racers actually had been using the platform more. They had been racing on Zwift because there had been some really good opportunities uh, for pro racing on Zwift. And they were a little bit better at it. And um, they also, the, the shorter distances on Zwift uh, suited their tactics and their race style. Yeah. So the women's racing was actually a little bit more exciting than the men's <laughs> racing in those six stages. Mm -hmm. And also what we did was we switched the broadcast every day where one day the men would go first and one day the women would go first. And we saw that audiences wanted to watch both and it really didn't affect. Mm -hmm. So it was great. Also, that, you, you had know, those numbers show. and stuff. It like mm -hmm. proved that like, hey, people want to see this. And the biggest headlines were from the women's racing at the virtual Tour de France. So it really kicked off this conversation with ASO and Zwift and like, what's it going to take to make this happen? Like, it's cool that we had this virtual version. Let's use this as like, you know, proof of concept. Like audiences are ready for this. The women's world tour, the women's pro peloton is ready for this. What's it going to take? And that's what it takes is Zwift coming on board as a title sponsor, you know, for four years and saying that we're going to get behind this in the big way. It's ASO saying we're going to put a brand name in the name of the Tour de France. So clearly it was like something where we were both all in to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And did you, was there any pushback that now that we've seen like the success of these two years, you know, or that we're seeing it in the second year that you're like, ha ha, <laughs> told you. Oh my God. Great. <laughs> it's, it, I think everybody I know in the, in that has covered women's cycling and been a part of women's cycling, we're all looking at each other and being like, right, right. Like, this is great. Like, yes, we've known for years that the, the, the personalities, the action, they're all there it just needs that visibility. And now that the world has had the opportunity to watch, more sponsors are wanting to get on board. More fans are wanting to follow the athletes. The value of the sport is going up. Mm -hmm. And it's pumping more money into the sport. It's creating more opportunity, bigger salaries with more sponsors coming to the table because it's sort of like this. You want to be a part of this. This is what, you know, this has become the second biggest race in cycling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'd love to know too, like for Zwift as a company, like have there been, you know, because you made this major investment in women's racing, what has been the positive, like ROI, when I say ROI, but I don't just mean like dollars, money, but what has been like on every level, like the, the ROI for that investment? Yeah. You know, because it's going to be a longer play in terms of like, wow, our, you know, subscriptions went up this much, especially in women's markets, you know, but we are seeing you know, already, um, you know, those numbers go up. But the bigger part is that we are, we are putting our money where our mouth is. We said, we've always said that we, you know, we want to grow and elevate women's cycling. You know, we did Zwift Academy, created a new pathway to the pros with Canyon Surround Racing. 
You know, we've had equality and, and UCI Esports World Championships and all other racing on Zwift. Mm-hmm. But this was a way to like just go big and just say, you know, yeah. that the, like the, there's nothing bigger than the Tour de France and the women deserve this stage. So for us, it like it feels great, honestly, as a company because it is we it's something that we have really believed in since mm-hmm. our start, you know, our startup. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to like be able to take that, it it feels good too because it's a great story, and we can like stand behind it and say, hey, you know, there was building blocks to this, and now we're doing this, and now all we want is for that to inspire other brands to get behind yeah. other races, other teams, development you know, grassroots and just say, wow, women's cycling is a great space to play right now. Yeah. I like what a time. I think this is an amazing time for any brand that could be involved in women's sports because, you know, we can see that women's sports are broadly, not just cycling, like are at an inflection point, like the wave is coming, you know, the women's world cup is like lighting the the world on fire right now, you know? And so like, it's just such a great time, I think, from a branding exercise point of view, like to be associated with that, right? Do you feel that? Do, do folks in Zwift feel that? Yeah, I've likened the momentum of women's sports to that giant boulder that's chasing Indiana Jones. It's like, oh, yeah. it's it's so big and, <laughs> it is, yeah. and it's going so fast. And it's like, I'm, no no stopping it. Um, it's a great moment for women's sports. And uh, we feel like a big part of that now, you know, we've, we've like, you know, this is uh, one of the biggest moments of the summer. It's happening at the same time as world cup and it's sort of amplifying each other's, um, you know, uh, uh, the excitement, uh, uh, you know, for the, for the women's world cup is, is being reflected also at the Tour de France Femme of Zwift. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely an inflection point. Definitely. Yeah. And so for you, for this is my last question and then I would let you it's is it 10 p.m there yeah that's good yeah. I usually can't even I get so excited I can't get bed to like I can't get to bed before like one. I'm probably not helping I just want our audience to know the level of commitment to, do, to talk to talk with us um for you personally you know last year uh, at the Ironman World Championships, we had for the first time we had like a women's only day on Thursday. On the Thursday, and the pro women for the first time had a fair race at the, at the front of the race. You know, a woman crossed the line first, and like that, it just a lot of us were like it was goosebumps. We had shiver like people. I would I would turn to my left and right. People are crying, you know. And as someone who like I was part of a group that kind of advocated for some of those changes. Um, over several years and so like as someone who's like like kind of in the process like you have been with this like I just it was so emotional like what how does it make you feel personally to have been part of kind of making this happen I I honestly tear up like two to three times a day here um it does feel like everything's changing and uh to even just walk through like the team buses and to see mobs of fans waiting to just catch a glimpse of Lada Kopecky or Kashini Wadoma or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's thrilling. It's absolutely thrilling to see, like, I, I got to uh, be in a race car yesterday and drive the whole course, you know, in, in the middle of the race. 
and to see all the fans out and so many families and so many young kids and to see little girls and little boys out there and knowing that this is now the Tour de France means women and men is like, it, it does like, it gives me goosebumps every day. Um, it's, it's totally changed. Like the support of, um, the teams, like just how much, how many vehicles they have and they, they're like rolling out new bikes and kits for just this race, the recognition that they have so long deserved. Mm. It's incredible. It's like, and just the fans, the fa- they're so passionate, you know, it's like, I, I, they, they all just are so excited to be here to catch a glimpse. Like we're, we're making superstars and it, it's it's a dream job, honestly, to to be any part of this is is really a dream. Yeah, I love it. I um, you know, I was a kid, like I was a little girl who really noticed that there weren't women, like there weren't women playing, there weren't like I was super into sports and there yeah. and that was heartbreaking and crushing for me and like has be has become part of like my entire raison d'etre, like as an adult as well, you know. Um, so just the fact just all of these things that are happening in women's sports right now um, is just, it's blowing my mind. Yeah. And I like, you made me tear up just now too, talking yeah. about that. Um, There's one other thing I'll say too, is that last year was so cool. Like it was the first, you know? And so there was so much attention around the first, but what the first did was like shine a big light on these athletes. And we've spent the last year now building these fans and like, and I've, you know, we've all been able to watch so much more women cycling this past year. So now we're talking about each stage and the drama and the race tactics and the, the team dramas. And it's really like focusing on the actual action, just what great sport this is. And I love right. that as well, that it's mm-hmm. like, okay, it's like, okay. We, yes, yes, this is happening. But now it's just like, my God, let's talk about the play by play. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we need all those stories, you know, like yeah. we, um, we struggle with that too, with the way we're putting things out on Instagram. Cause we do need to talk about the fact that it's inspiring, you know, for it kids, is. for girls, inspiring for me you know and then also talk about the fact that like there's good sport happening out there Um, and the fact that those are happening together is just a beautiful thing yeah it's amazing well Kate thank you for everything you do and for everything Zwift has done and enjoy the rest of the tour there in France I'm so jealous Uh, I think you need to come out here next year I think so it's really something special (laughs) Yeah, I keep thinking like I may end up spending a quarter of the year in France next year because we have the Tour de France Femme, which I've been wanting to go to for since since last year. Yeah, and then we got the Olympic Games, and then we have the the Ironman uh, World Champs Women's Race is in Nice uh, in September. So, oh my gosh, Nice is supposed to be so awesome. Nice is amazing. Yeah, the men the men's is finishing there next year. I kind of want to check it out. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice is nice. Nice is nice. <laughs> yeah, we we already have we already have like slogans like we're not here to play nice. <laughs> I like love that. it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, cool. I love everything you guys are doing. So keep up yeah, the great likewise. work. And yeah, yeah. And thanks for making the time for me this week. Yeah, thank you so much. And I hope you get to sleep. I will. Thanks so much, Sarah. Take care. You too. Bye. 
Very exciting to talk to Kate, whose enthusiasm was palatable. I could see her on the screen, but I hope that it came through to you all as well. Um, honestly, seeing both of these women um, in their hotel rooms after a big day of watching the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift, I could tell that I definitely want to be at this race <laughs> one of these years. Um, so my next guest is Cassandra Spring. She is the global brand manager at Live Cycling. And for those who don't know Live, it's a brand that was born at Giant Bicycles when one of their executives could not find a bike that fit her. Cassandra tells this story during our chat and also shares her experiences of the tour how you build a bike brand around women's needs, and her predictions for the final days of racing. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today, with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the App Store. You are not a template, and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule. How much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code FEISTY, F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress, and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter pillow, shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. 
and I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% mulberry silk pillowcases. It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two-minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match. And then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off. And the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are so excited to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's unlocks the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research, creates better shoes for women that support their longevity and performance, and establishes new design standards to promote transparency in a male-biased industry. Hedda's have a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and to allow for female toe shape, a special kind of plate in the midsole to keep tired legs going, a narrow heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take the pressure off our Achilles, and a rounded instep to create a snug fit. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruise and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20 for 20% off. That's FEISTY20 at Hedda's.com and it will all be in the show notes. Cassandra, hi, how are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm doing well. I'm really happy to be with you right now. Yeah, I'm so jealous of, uh, we, we talked just before the show, I talked to Kate for no yesterday, you know, and I'm like very jealous of folks who are on the ground there in France and get to watch the Tour de France Femme live. But it sounds like you have a lot of dif- different things going on, you know, like you have things that you have to take care of over there. So like, what's the vibe like, first of all, on the ground? Okay. The vibe is electrifying. Uh, there is passion. Mm-hmm. There is power. There's actually, there's a lot of camaraderie. I'm really loving seeing more and more women, um, uh, clearly with the racing, I mean, the, the films, right. But then, um, yeah, there's just in terms of media coverage, in terms of attendees, in terms of 
um, yeah, other brand representatives, there's more women and I really am loving that. Um, but the fans are out. Um, and one of the really thrilling aspects um, is seeing all of the families and especially, uh, I'll be honest, for me, it's that they're the girls, mm-hmm. and just like all of the glassy eyes, you know, as they watch yeah. the film, um, throughout each of the stages, like, eh, it's, it gets me. And yeah, it is, it's really energizing and, and it is truly electrifying. Yeah. It gets me every time I think about this stuff where like those little girls have everything that I did. And, you know, and I, I say this a lot, but like, that was something that like seven-year-old me was heartbroken by the fact that I didn't see women playing sport on TV generally, except for the Olympic games every, every four years. So like the idea, just like that there are little girls who can go out, like little French girls could go out and watch um, the women come by just like they watch the men come by. It's, um, yeah, it definitely gives me the shivers. Do you think the crowd, like the demographic of the crowd is more female? Oh, that's an interesting question. I I mean, I, I'd say family and female. I mean, there's a lot of, there's, it's generational. That's really cool too. So, um, but certainly there are, I guess I just take note of the girls, but I love seeing the generations and I will also, cause I know you mentioned the French girls, but it's amazing to me how many people travel mm. um, to also be watching the femmes and to be participating in the Tour de France femme. Um, that's pretty incredible, you know, that, and they're like full on, you know, we've seen it with them, with RVs and the flags and just creating like a whole scene and vibe and really like spending the day and just like cheering the women on it's really wonderful all throughout like along the course yeah Yeah, amazing what have been your favorite moments of racing so far (laughs) um okay first of all I am moving about I'm moving quite a bit throughout the day um and you know to be honest I'm seeing bits and pieces on a monitor sometimes I'm listening in peacock coverage um for you know final bits of the race when that's on I was yeah that's um, but one thing I, I'm really loving and appreciating, I have been at the finish quite often and I'm loving the nail bite finishes. And of course, some of the breakthrough rides, um, really including powerful performances and, you know, kind of just the breakaways by younger riders um, and less familiar riders. Like to right. me, this is really phenomenal. Of course, you know, every, I'm a fan of the women in general and, you know, there's some very, um, known and highly regarded and well decked. I mean, you know, just like winning athletes out there, but yeah, hearing some of the new names we had, Ricarda, um, Bernstein yesterday from Canyon Sram, 23 years old and the youngest stage winner in history. That's pretty cool. Pretty special. Yeah, that is amazing. Um, you know, and I'm very curious and like, just so our listeners know, like there's no financial relationship between live and feisty or Zwift and feisty, but I'm very curious about like these brands that just completely got behind any part of women's sports, right? In this case, the Tour de France femme of X Swift, right? Like what and live as a brand, I, it's just like synonymous now with women's cycling. Right. And I remember going back years, like I was a professional triathlete. I remember the big debate about like, do we really need female specific bikes? You know, and some, and everyone was like, eh, this or that, you know, but Liv really stuck with that, like stuck with that, like, okay, yes, we might, you know, we might have smaller hands or we might need like shorter cranks or um, what, you know, what are the things about, like, what has 
developing that women's brand done for Liv, like as a brand? Well, I want to, I'll just kind of go back for those that don't know. I mean, Bonnie too, who is the chairperson of Giant Group, at the time, um, she was chief financial officer in the company. And age 57, she got back into cycling. And um, she was like, hold on, hold on. I'm an executive in this bike company and I can't find adequate gear or bikes that suit me. And so she really was like, this, like she has been, she's the founder of Live and the champion at Live. And, you know, she's like, since our beginning and now, you know, it's been, it's been years, we have continued to evolve. We've continued to grow. We continue to put women first in everything that we do. We invest all of our resources into supporting women and, um, and creating more opportunities in the sport of cycling. And so that has been an ongoing theme for us. Um, when it comes to our products, we design bikes and gear that optimize fit performance and fun. Um, Women's data informs our prototypes, but just as important are women's perspectives, and that's informing everything. Um, so yeah, our bikes are tested; they're refined by some, you know, very discerning elite athletes, women athletes in the world, some of the most. And um, and we're the only women's brand also that makes every, you know our bicycles in house. So, but I think what really shines through is just like our commitment and that's to expanding opportunities. And, you know, that's where we get into, you know, supporting and investing in events like the Tour de France Femme. You know, this is um, when, when we caught word that it was being planned, um, my predecessor in this role and certainly with the support of the executives was very adamant, like we need to talk to them. And, you know, you may already know this, but live throughout its history of the Tour de France and we include, include the men. So, of course, that goes back um, quite a bit longer. Um, live is the only bike brand that's been aligned. And that was because the, they really saw how values, um, how our values were so well aligned between live and the vision for the Tour de France them. So pretty proud of that. Um, we are, you know, event um, sponsors um, or event partners and we're white jersey sponsors. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice. And in, you know, in what ways have you developed or like, have you worked on developing that women's brand live differently than you would if you were working on a brand that was like for everybody or a men's brand? Like, are there things that you do as global brand manager that might be different uh, because your audience is women? Well, I guess, you know, I think it's hard for me to compare, but at Live, we really, again, we're putting women first. We have that opportunity to put women first in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. So we're passionate writers um, <laughs> at ourselves. Um, and um, women are really our, you know, our first thought. We were thinking about our needs. We understand that, you know, this is a very, um, this is a, enviable position to be in personally, I think. Um, and, you know, of course there's, uh, challenges of industry norms and standards that really are questioning why. And, you know, I think, um, Bonnie too, I love her, her, and I take inspiration from her. She's like, why not? You know, like, <laughs> why not? But, um, yeah, we're just a team of leaders and we're looking for ways to listen, to amplify, to elevate and really celebrate women during every turn of their cycling journey. So, 
yeah, I guess in my role, I'm fortunate to be, to be surrounded by really passionate and performance-driven collaborators at Live. Mm-hmm. And we definitely do work um, collaboratively. I mean, I can go into details of the global team. It's a small team. And then we work with sales companies around the world. And um, But there really is, it's, you know, there's, there's women that are in, in leading roles and really guiding decisions and shaping the brands. Yeah. You know, when I first started um, cycling, I had trouble. I had so, so much saddle discomfort. This is like in the 90s. <laughs> I had so much saddle discomfort. And it's amazing to me, like, I, in order to find a saddle that fit me, like I was living in Europe at the time, I was on the phone with someone from Terry Saddles. Do you, do you yes. remember this brand? Because they were the first brand to make the cutout, right? Like how far we've come from me being like, having to go into a bike store and go, oh, I think I'm sitting on like a really sensitive part of my body and it hurts me and I don't know what to do. And them going, we don't know what to do. And I mean, having to call the actual <laughs> manufacturers of the saddle to figure out what. And then they said they had one of their pro women call me to help me figure out a saddle. And I was just like an everyday rider, you know, and like how far we've come now that like, and that's, I think that's largely, I feel like Liv just straight up committed to that, like to doing that research and development on the, like making sure that women had what they needed. Am I right about that? I think there's, I mean, there's that, there's also, there has been a lot of advocacy. I mean, we work with, you know, our um, partners that are creating components that those factor, those touch points are really important. And I know that there's been significant campaigning to, you know, get different um, sizing opportunity that has happened as well. And um, so, yeah, I think that that advocacy and, and I thank you too, you know, for being um, an athlete that was asking for, for more, you know, we've, mm-hmm. we've deserved more. And I think that, you know, there, a lot of inruns have been made. And yet still, when you think about the retail experience, it can still be really awkward. It can still be really uncomfortable. And you can still, you know, like, g- um, gather information online or come in with some information, but still not have a great selection on the floor. I mean, that's something that we're still encounter, right? And not only that, but not a really, you know, I mean, again, I think that there are definitely um, improvements, um, but there's still a lot of situations where you come in at retail and and maybe you just don't find that super helpful person. (laughs) And so that's something we think about, you know, how can we be a resource, not only in, in the retail spaces, but also online, you know, in our content that we're creating all of the time, how can we provide, you know, kind of information if you're experiencing pain when you're writing, you know, with your on, on your saddle, like writing a story about that and talking about that and opening that up so that, you know, just demystifying some of those challenging experiences that you might encounter as a newer cyclist or even a very experienced um, cyclist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering, I'm very into creating like the business case for investing in women's sports just broadly, right? Like anything we can do to give people information to say, hey, you know what, like women actually are consumers, like we want to do sport, we want to, you know, has there been kind of a positive ROI, if you will, on focusing on women? I mean, we seen? believe, yeah, I mean, first of all, it's like, I, I've been seeing, it's probably from, for uh, pull, pull, 
pull quotes from feisty to, to be honest. <laughs> it is the right thing to do i think that was one that i said i'm like yes it is it is it's not only the right thing to do but it, it does make good business sense and we do think about you know women as um you know, controlling purchasing decisions, that's obviously a thing that we we know through research. Um, and also let's just think about like it from a, a perspective of inclusivity. You know, the reality, if I focus on the cycling industry and like who has it been serving and even in terms of representation, like who have we seen in the past? And if we really open that up, there it's just like that pie you know we think about like there's so many people there but they really need to see themselves they really need to feel welcomed and so at some level you know that's what we get to do at live or that's the you know we get to think about that and specifically you know by putting women first that's who we're you know focused on right now but but i do think um when yeah there's still a lot of, of opportunity just in terms of um inclusivity and you know if we think about the business case and all of the people that could be served um and i'm and i'm not just even talking about cycling now right like really outside of cycling the truth is there's a just a, an amazing momentum and um an interest i think upswell in women's sports and i love that. and i do think that you know these broadcast opportunities are changing the game as well you know it's like oh we have the opportunity to to see the women, like that is huge. That's so important. We think about um, even, you know, places um, like the sports bra in Portland or rough and tumble in Seattle that are dedicated to showing women's sports. And guess what? It's winning, <laughs> you know, like they're full all of the time. And there's people that are actually traveling to those locations just to watch women's sports. So I think that is, you know, the, the business case is definitely there. It's being demonstrated. A strong interest is being demonstrated. And then I also will just kind of step outside of cycling again. But last year I had the opportunity to go to that Angel City Football Club. And, cool. um, and wow, I mean, full stadium sold out. And wow. then merch, right? The merch is just like, and of course, it's just like you, for me, I just, I love it. I love to be a part of it. And so Again, I think there these are all just proof points, and I can really look, you know, uh, across the board and see that that growing interest. The other thing that I think is really powerful, and it's been coming up a little bit this week, but just think about, uh, you know, it, again, I'm, I start with cyclists and, and athletes, but look at their communities and the growth of their communities, and look at the voice that they now have with, um, you know, social media and even having being on podcasts like yours and just like the the audience and look if we just even look at those numbers right and that's a direct line and this is something that we didn't have a generation ago you know we can say for sure it was all through a different lens it was all through different storytellers and now it's like we get to tell our own stories and we get to have other women kind of and other perspectives kind of share stories and that really is like yeah that that <laughs> we're never going to go back. Right. We're never going back. Yeah. It would be hard to go back in the box now, you know, and like, it's like, and just you know, like you were talking about sport broadly, but I think what we're seeing too, is that before there was a lot of the argument that like investing in women's sports or showing more women's sports on TV or however you want to frame that was the right thing to do, like you said, and it is right. But now we're kind of in that moment of like, Oh, holy crap. This is really good sport. Like, and I mean, we're in that moment, like, 
you and I probably always, <laughs> always knew that, but like the world more broadly is suddenly seeing like, oh, wait a second. The women, like what? The women can play soccer too? <laughs> they can ride bikes? Oh my God. Um, And that to me is like, um, creates a massive turning point. Yeah. I'm loving this summer of women's sports. I mean, between the right now, right. It's just like, oh yeah, it's on. And, um, and I just, I think that is, it's wonderful. It's wonderful that there is a a growing awareness too. Yeah. Am I right that Liv has been hosting watch parties? Yes. Do I have that right? Okay. (laughs) I remember that correctly. Tell us about that. How can we go? Yeah. So, okay. Um, last year, as we have all, you know, kind of shared and, and heard, it was like a really phenomenal response, like exceeded everybody's expectations in terms of viewership, in terms of attendance. When we look at those numbers, I mean, the Western European countries are glued. It's just a thing, right? As I actually, one of the colleagues said, it's like a, the, um, the Tour de France is kind of a religion in Western European countries. Yes. Yes. In, the, in North America, I was really surprised because there were some people that were like, wait, there's a tour, there's a tour de France femme. Like there was still some lack of awareness. And so for us, we were like, okay, what, what if um, we really intentionally organize watch parties? And, you know, we also understand that there's a paywall involved for many people in North America. So let's remove that barrier and let's create an environment, an inviting um, environment, and a sense of community, and get people together to watch the films. And um, so, yeah, we have um, upwards of forty retailers um, in the U.S. that were hosting events. There's people, just the communities that are um, hosting events. Last night, I know there was one in Oregon that some sort of, uh, friends organized, and I, I think there is, yeah, like it maybe reached a hundred people there at one event, right? And yeah, that's amazing. Uh, even in Japan and in <laughs> Germany, we're seeing these watch parties. And again, it's like it's not only the that um, moment to really um, get more people in, engaged with the Tour de France them. It's also like getting creating more connections and community around the sport of cycling. And for us, we just see um, tremendous um, impact there. So that's been a real delight this year to see that catch fire. And now already, you know, we're six stages in. Oh, I can't believe it. Um, but we already are having, uh, you know, our, our, our colleagues and our retailers in parts of the world, like next year, even more, like we're going to do this even better next year. And so I love that, you know, they're just seeing the power of it as well. Um, you know, there's magic when women come together. So there is, I would host a watch party next year. Just, <laughs> just plant that seed right there. <laughs> uh, I was kind of jealous. Like, how can I attend one of these things? <laughs> um, so yeah, like you say, we're six stages in already. What are you looking forward to for the rest of the week? I mean, my heart is in the mountains. It always has been stage seven. Termale was always like, kind of like, the stage that I've been excited for every, as I said, every day and every stage has been exciting, but now it really is like, it's all leading up. It's a very suspense. It's a going to be a consequential stage, you know, like it is big tomorrow is like a very, very big day. And I cannot wait. I've been like, I mean, it's one of those things where I really want to be present. Um, and also, 
Um, it's also like the night before Christmas for many of us were like, okay, because you're, you're in the mountains and just, you know, there's so much focus and we know across the teams, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of um, deliberate plans um, that have been, yeah, um, in, in the making for tomorrow. And so here we go. Well, do you think we're going to see a shakeup in the leaderboard? I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Very exciting. Amazing. I think that's one of the advantages of like the shorter quote unquote race, like that it's funny to call an eight day stage race, a short race, but like a shorter race that it remains exciting through all the stages. You know what I mean? And there's like, you, there's not a winner until there's a winner. Yeah. That's something that, uh, Kate Verano and I, and she's, you know, she's, we've talked about like this format is really a good one for, um, for audiences. And I mean, it just is, I think it's a, it's a great, um, it's, although I have to say, like, even though it, it's very, very big at the end, after stage eight, you're like, oh, it's over already. But I don't think the I don't think that the athletes feel that way. I just, I think it is very um, engaging and there's just so much going on through each stage that, yeah, it's, it's like a nonstop, wonderful, wonderful ride. Amazing. Well, I hope you enjoyed the next couple of days and thank you for joining us and for sharing the enthusiasm. I feel like the, the energy is palatable, you know, right now. And I'm so happy to be able to share that with our audience. So thanks, Cassandra. Thank you. Such a joy to be here. Building muscle can be tough and gains can be so slow, even for those of us who do a lot of strength training. As an ex-endurance athlete who is now in perimenopause, I know this all too well. It can be frustrating to put in the time in the gym and not see the results I'm looking for. That's why it's super important to take the right supplements at the right time. One of those supplements is essential amino acids, which are needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis happens when you eat high quality protein like eggs or whey. And by supplementing with additional essential amino acids, you can make sure you are getting the full benefit of your training sessions. Targeted essential amino acid formulas can be up to four times more effective than just eating protein. I've been taking amino acids for almost a year, and in combination with eating quality protein and a couple other supplements, I have managed to turn the tides on age-related muscle loss, which starts at 30 for women, by the way, and I have continued to make strength gains as I head towards 50. AminoCo has been a longtime sponsor of Feisty Media and has supported all of our brands and podcasts over the years. I recommend starting with AminoCo Perform, and you can grab some at aminoco.com forward slash performance. If you enter the code performance, you will save 30% and receive a free gift if it is your first purchase. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. That's aminoco.com forward slash performance and use the code performance to save 30%. As a lifelong runner and triathlete turned CrossFitter, I am stoked to announce that the athletic eyewear brand Tafosi Optics has joined us as a partner here at Feisty Media. 
Tifosi sports glasses hit all the marks for athletes. They're shatterproof poly bicarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance, which I 100% need. They stay in place when you are moving. The hydrophilic rubber nose pads actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they are secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in hot conditions. No matter what sport you do, Tifosi has shades for you. Whether you love tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, or just hanging out on the beach. They are super reasonably priced, which I love, so I can have multiple pairs that go with any outfit. And of course, feisty listeners get a special discount. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM20. FM as in Feisty Media to get 20% off your order. That's FM20 at tifosioptics.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you.